Hey, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. It's me, Dave Wakeman, my guest today. Well, this is actually, I'm a guest, Eric's a guest, we're both guests. Uh, it's a cross post with the True AF podcast. It's me and Eric Fuller talking about uh, a bunch of stuff, but three big things. Ticket Summit, which is coming up next week in Las Vegas, so the 15th to 17th at the Aria. If you haven't already got your tickets and you're planning on being there, uh, it's TicketSummit.com. Make sure you let us know that you'll be there. We talk about the Delta variant and what the Delta variant could mean to the business of live entertainment. And we talk about discounts because I'm doing a pricing panel at Ticket Summit, so I have to beat up on discounts for a few minutes. Um, So it's a good conversation. It's a little bit shorter than normal probably, but we wanted to make sure that we hit on some big key points and encourage you to come to Ticket Summit because there's going to be about 13 hundred people i believe it's going to be a big big show uh it's in partnership on the trade show with the association of luxury suite directors the alsd so it's going to be a pretty great mixed crowd uh, make sure you check out my friends at booking protect they gave me a new number this week which is more impactful than any i've heard in a while which is 73 percent. i found out in march that 73 percent of people in the uk um took up refund protection when they were offered it through the booking protect system Three out of four. That's unbelievable. And that points directly to the fact that people are looking for security and peace of mind as we continue to work through the pandemic. So talk to Kat, Kath, Haley. Uh, find out how you can use re- refund protection to help people feel more comfortable making purchases. Uh, find out how you can create better customer service opportunities. I mean, this stuff really seems to be really, really mattering more than uh, even I knew now. So bookingprotect.com. Check it out. Uh, check out my worksheet that I helped um, that I worked with Aventelect on. We put together this worksheet to help you understand how to do a net promoter score survey of your audience. In this worksheet, we explain what it is, why it matters, and how to use it to discover new ways to create value for your business. You can get this simply by sending me an email, daviddavewakeman.com, and asking for it. It's fairly simple. It's a great number. It's a great worksheet. Uh, it's a great tool to have in doing research. Remember, I'm preaching research all the time lately because you need to know what your customers are thinking and doing right now more than you ever have before. Make sure you get the Talking Tickets newsletter, right? That's my weekly ticket newsletter. You can get it at talkingtickets.substack.com or you can send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. It's five stories with some analysis and some action items. There's a free offer in this week's edition for 30 days of email coaching. Take me up on the offer. Send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. You're a listener of the Business of Fun. Take advantage of it. Send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. I'm doing it because I'm starting to roll out some way, some different ways to work with me, some different new values. So I want to promote some of this stuff and have a little fun with it. So daviddavewakeman.com. And make sure you check out the guys at Activity Stream. They have a new tool for email marketing called Activate. And it'll help you re-engage with your audience. So activitystream.com, find out how you can use email better or you can use your data to create magical moments for your customers. So activitystream.com. Now back to Eric. So Eric's hosting a panel about regulatory challenges in the secondary market on Monday, and I'm hosting a panel on Tuesday afternoon about pricing. Uh, Both of them should be pretty interesting and entirely different, so you should go to both. Uh, But we wanted to get together and have a conversation. We wanted to talk about Ticket Summit. And we wanted to talk about the Delta variant because the, the Delta variant is causing a lot of havoc where some states seeing peaks and uh, hospitalization rates that far exceed what we saw during the last peak. Um, 
if you haven't gotten your vaccine, get the fucking vaccine, okay? Um, for, forgive the language, but get the fucking vaccine, okay? Uh, the technology's safe. It's the fastest way to end this pandemic. Uh, there's so much disinformation coming from so many different areas that is, is brutal, right? Um, it's impacted me and my family in so many different ways, um, you know, and it's outside of business. So get your vaccine. Um, you know, if you want to know my experience, I, I've been vac- fully vaccinated since April. So uh, I'm always here for you. All right. But I don't want people to get sick. I don't want people to die. And I don't want this pandemic to go on any longer than it needs to. So uh, this is some of the stuff we're talking about. So check out this episode with me and Eric Fuller. Welcome back to the True AF Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fuller. With me today is my good friend, Dave Wakeman, and we're going to be talking all things Ticket Summit, and including an update on what's going on in the world of ticketing today. How are you, Dave? Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Um, I'm going to get on a plane and go to a conference. This is amazing. And I'm going to see you there, which is going to be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be great. We're not going to tell people where we're going to dinner because we don't want people throwing tomatoes at us. No, 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 no. And they would be throwing cocktail cherries anyway. There's no tomatoes where we go. That's a vegetable. We yeah. Need who, who needs vegetables? That's crazy. I mean, other than in a Bloody Mary, what's the point, right? Yeah, that just gets in the way of the vodka. Eric. It gets That's in the way of the bacon. Yeah, so, exactly. All right. So um, Ticket Summit. Um that's uh, coming up this month from the fifteenth yeah. to the seventeenth in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And uh, to ex- explain, we've got three conferences in one, basically. So this is going to be awesome, right? So I, I guess they invite me to speak at these things because I am like the carnival barker for conferences and anything that Dave's involved in. Dave Carnival barks for, but the Ticket Summit and ALSD, which is the Association of Luxury Suite Directors, um, have come together to share a floor, a trade show floor. Both conferences are going on at the same time. So Sunday to Tuesday, August 15th through the 17th. And Ticket Summit is looking like the largest Ticket Summit in history. I think there's like 1,300, 1,400 people I think I've heard are registered. It's going to be great, right? It's going to be people from all over the world of tickets, sports, concerts, entertainment, live events, everything. It's going to be awesome. Um, The ECHL is having their annual meetings there. Um, all of the major leagues in America have a league day at the ALSD. So it's going to be like a really great chance to get together in person, to meet people again, to network, um, you know, to just feel a little bit normal about like the business that we're in and like what's coming next. Well, all right. And, and at the same time, you know, that's a lot of people, right? Sure. So- it's across the spectrum. It's 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 ticket sellers, it's software providers, it's it's teams, it's promoters, everybody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's, you got teams. You have technology producers. You have uh, people who provide merchandise. You have people who provide uh, food and beverage services. You have people who offer consulting services, marketing services, pricing services. Uh, everything across the board is there. It's like the last time I went to. to uh, the ALSD, I, I met people from, you know, every facet of the entertainment industry. Uh, when I go to any of the ticket secondary market conferences, the same thing happens. 
the great thing is, is they're pulling it all together in Las Vegas so that like you get the compound interest of having both conferences come together because it makes it probably a little bit more effective and efficient for people to come together, which you can see in the registration numbers. All right. So I'm doing a panel uh, where I'm moderating all the the, the legislative people, uh, a state senator from New York, and you know, a, better a you than of, me. <laughs> I have to be polite. I'm not sure how I'm going to pull this off. So uh, and and then your panel is on pricing, right? That's so that I get to do the exact opposite of being polite with you. I get to say like, oh, discounts are for dummies. Uh, you got to research, you know, your pricing strategy needs to fit into your strategy. Don't be stupid about pricing. So I get to do the exact opposite of what you do. You have to be polite and I get to be an instigator. I get to throw, I get to throw the tomatoes if they don't have it, the place for going for dinner. It's going to be awesome. Well, so, so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of fascinating because, you know, I, I think I may have the first uh, significant panel that's going to go off. And, and at this point, the, the, the question for me is going to be after a year and a half in the dark, Everything seems to be opening up, um, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs, and then uh, Jazz Fest, Dookie the Punch Bowl. So, yeah, exactly. It, it, it was a pretty. So, I've been saying throughout this pandemic, right? I am far from a pessimist about anything. Um, you know, anybody who knows me knows that that's not the case. But what I am is I am pragmatic. And what I do is I try to measure risk. And everywhere along the line, as we've dealt with this pandemic, Anytime that the pandemic has had a chance to take a turn for the better or for the worse, it has taken a turn for the worse. Uh, and that's what, unfortunately, what we're seeing again right now, right? Uh, Jazz Fest canceled their event in October. The Delta variant is uh, going nuts in unvaccinated people. So if you haven't gotten your vaccine, get off your ass, go get your vaccine, stop being a knucklehead, okay? Um, the See Here Now Festival in New Jersey at Asbury Park just said, oh, you got to be vaccinated to come. There's been challenges. Like the Foo Fighters have only played shows fully vaccinated. Broadway is mandating um, vaccinations, right? You, you know, so, but what was happening is the Delta variant's causing things to take a turn for the worse. There's a third of the population in America who are still not vaccinated. And this is going to cause the industry to have to shut back down again because it passes more readily than other variants of the of the virus, right? It's as um, easily transmitted as the chickenpox, which people don't get chickenpox anymore because they got a vaccine. I have a scar on my nose from when I had chickenpox as a kid. Um, you know, so we have to pay attention to this thing. We got to deal with it effectively, but it will be nice to get together with people. You know what? I remember- I'm vaccinated, so screw it. Delta, forget out of here. <laughs> oh, you know what? But there's a 16% breakthrough on its way to 30% on uh, on on uh, on vaccinated people with Delta. But I want to talk- It's true. About you, gotta, you do, like all kidding aside, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, make sure you get your vaccine, right? It, it's the quickest way to help in this pandemic, um, you know, is vaccines. The vaccines are very safe. They're very effective. You know, I got Moderna, two shots. The second one, I probably needed to get a couple cases of Gatorade because it, I mean, it was like kind of wiped out for about 12 hours. But, uh, you know, it, it, it gives you a great sense of relief and it does help, you know, make sure that we don't have to deal with these restrictions anymore. Well, look, it's about collective sacrifice. Mm -hmm. and, and I read a fascinating story about it this week. And here's the deal. We sent two million people to Vietnam. They didn't want to go, but we sent them. We said the country needs you to go. And they got on a plane and they took a helmet and they went. Some of them didn't come home. This particular pandemic, we've put $7 trillion of money that belongs to everybody in the country out to sustain people through the, the difficulty of the shutdowns. That's a collective sacrifice. And you know what? 
that means a collective sacrifice. And, and if half of us have gotten vaccinated and the other half of us can't be bothered, you forgot the collective part of sacrifice. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's this concept in, you know, I went, I went to college, <laughs> civil society. And to be a part of a civil society, it means you have to take collective action. And as a country, we've kind of forgotten that in a lot of cases. It's become far too easy to be, it's all about me. Or that like, I am the only one who can do these things. And this is one of those key things where if we can just pull together as a community, as a society, it will have tremendous positive impact for everybody. Because variants can't catch uh, on if everybody's vaccinated. They run out of steam. Right. Well, there's this um, very alarming report that came out of, I believe, South Korea. And it was talking about, I think they call it the Lambda variant. And it is resistant to some vaccines, right? So it's, the vaccines are not as effective against that. You know, so that's like something to be very, very afraid of because if it breaks through the vaccine, then we're right back where we started from. And all this work and all this sacrifice and all these challenges we've dealt with are going to be ultimately for nothing because- well, Yeah, Lambda came out of Peru and it's actually more more contagious than Delta, but we don't know if it's catching yet. Uh, right. But but one more thing, I want to go back to chicken pox because I'm old enough to remember in the day with chicken pox that w if anybody in the neighborhood got chicken pox, all the moms sent all their kids over to that one house. So they all got the chicken pox. And then once you've had it, you're done. And yeah. You know what we call that in the vaccine era? Do you know what we call that? Go ahead. Lollapalooza. <laughs> I like that. That was a good one. <laughs> that Lollapalooza looked like, A, it looked like fun, but B, it looked like a super spreader event. But I'm going to go with fun because, it again, I'm vaccinated. Like unbelievable fun. But but you know what? I went to Lollapalooza a couple of years ago. It's the only festival that I've been in in my life that as you walk out the gate, you've got 100 vendors that will send you a, sell you a nitrous oxide balloon. I mean, and, and I thought, wow, this is a weird deal. But apparently this year for Lollapalooza, you could buy a wristband with a fake ID, to, a fake vaccination card to go in for, you know, no big deal. Yeah, that was a pretty common thing. You, you'd see it everywhere on the internet. It was like um, not a big deal to buy a fake vaccination card or a fake, you know, pot, you know negative test. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's I, 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 I will choose my words carefully. It's ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. I, I went to see um, Springsteen on Broadway, which is a fully vaccinated event in a small theater in which Bruce Springsteen said, oh, I see you've all decided to trust your neighbors as we sat, you know, shoulder to shoulder in a little tiny theater. Um, but when I went through the vaccine clearance, some guy glanced at my phone for about a millisecond and went, oh, okay. And I, I, we need a protocol. We need an actual yeah. protocol. And, and you know what? Call to service. This country was built on call to service. Do your part. You know? Well, uh, you know, and the way I position it to people is you have to take a vaccine, like to register your kids for school, right? They don't let you just like go like your kid run wild in school with no mumps and measles and all those vaccines. This is no different than that, right? Um, vaccine mandates and collective action go back to the start of the nation. Like you said, uh, smallpox requirement, George Washington right? The founder of the nation. If you're trying to go, oh, well, you know, the founders wouldn't want us to do this. George Washington made, made it a mandate that people got the smallpox vaccine. So this thing is like, you know, has a long history of happening. Well, and you know, when I spent, I made 11 trips to the DMV in California so that I could get a, a, a real ID so I could get on an airplane. 
you know, that, so it's not any particularly different. Just, just do what you're supposed to do. All right. <laughs> that I'm damn done. real ID, but man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, but you know, right, right. Try showing up at the door of Japan without a passport and like, hey, can I come in? Because I'm a free person. They're like, get out. <laughs> right. Come back with your papers. <laughs> well, uh, last note on this topic, right, before we move on to like some stuff where I can crack some more jokes is, uh, you know, as soon as President Marcon in France said, oh, without a vaccination and proof of vaccination, you wouldn't come to France. The next day, a million Americans signed up to get their vaccination thing. So, I mean, pressure, you know, incentives work, pressure works, um, you know, collective action works. And well, now all kidding aside, it's perfectly safe. My neighbor is, a, is a, a surgeon at Johns Hopkins. So every time I have a question about the pandemic, I go over, I talk to Thomas, I take him uh, some ribs or beer or something. And I go, Thomas, let me ask you this, this, and this. And, you know, he, he was one of the first people to get it. It's perfectly safe. Um, you know, like I said, buy yourself some Gatorade for that second shot because it is a doozy. But, you know, let's just get on with this thing and let's put this thing to rest. And we can do it if we all act together. I agree with you. All right. So let's talk about Ticket Summit. Mm -hmm. So Ticket Summit, 1,300 people at a trade show in Las Vegas. It's and amazing. Which is wonderful. But we're going to be talking about how do we plan for the next 12 months of the industry. Now, um, I, I was being a, a little facetious about Jazz Fest, but I think Jazz Fest is... Um, I, I, I think that's the, that's the first domino. I, I remember in February of 2020 writing stories that Coachella wasn't going to go and uh, Coachella didn't go. And, and I remember vividly uh, when Live Nation shut the entire industry down and recalled all their tours in March. Uh, I feel I feel like we're in February 2020 again. You know, again, the not getting vaccinated thing has, is creating a lot of problems for people. Right. And the lack of. Uh, of people getting vaccinated. If you have, you know, the, this new variant, the Delta variant is much more transmittable to kids and people are getting much sicker. Um, you know, so while I know that the right now the inclination is, oh, there'll never be another shutdown and we'll never go through this thing again. Again, to go back to the premise that we've dealt with the whole time, which is at every point during the pandemic where we've had a chance to get an on off ramp or we've had a chance for the pandemic to take a turn for the better, or the worst, it's always chosen the worst lane to get into. You know, so like seeing Jazz Fest get canceled, right? Or seeing uh, adjustments made to the policies of Broadway or festivals, or, you know, seeing people like be able to easily cheat the vaccine requirements at a, a festival in Chicago, it doesn't give me a lot of optimism for what the next six months are going to look like because we're going to hit the winter soon, right? We're going to have periods where people are stuck inside. And last year at this time, when the people were stuck inside, we hit huge, huge numbers, right? And unfortunately, the Delta variant in some places are hitting numbers that are bigger now than even at the peak of last year's pandemic. You know, so what does that say about the fall and winter when people are forced inside due to bad weather? It doesn't give you a lot of hope that things are going to get under control as quickly as we want them to or need them to. You know, so it's very, it's still a very uncertain time. Well, and we have just, I, I don't want to use bad words, but Governor DeSantis, what's wrong with you? Look at your state. Put on a mask. I mean, common sense. I mean, is Fred Durst, is Limp Biscuit going to be the oracle of common sense? Fred Durst shut down his tour. He said, yeah, no, we're not going to go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's unbelievable that the guy from Limp Biscuit is going to be the paragon of leadership 
you know, over like governors and some of these things, it's very demoralizing, right? As a person who, um, last summer, I found out that my grandfather had, you know, I guess you only get one purple heart, but he had three injuries that would have, uh, from World War II that would have required, would have entitled him to a purple heart. And, you know, that was like really, really, um, it left a, a, a real mark on me because, I, you know, I was like, oh, and these people have sacrificed, right? And they went to war, whether or not they were Republicans or Democrats, no matter what they thought about, because they knew that it was the right thing for the country. What's demoralizing about the pandemic is that like people are putting politics and people and people's health in front of doing the right thing and doing what's best for the country. And, you know, to, I don't like to talk about politics, even though I, I worked on a presidential campaign um, that won. Uh, but Governor DeSantis is playing politics with people's lives, right? And, um, you know, part of it's like, on if you're stupid enough to follow the guy, you should probably, like, get what you deserve. But, again, you're putting people who can't get the vaccine because of their age or because of, like, some underlying condition at risk. The thing is, is, like, stop being a – I took a flight from Boston to D.C., and the pilot came on the thing and he said, you got to wear your mask. And it's not about a political statement. It's about doing what your kindergarten teacher taught you of being a good neighbor and being a good citizen. That's what this is all about. So stop acting like a jerk, you know, tell people, give people the truth and let's get on with this thing. But it's very, it's disheartening. It's not demoralizing. It's disheartening because you think that you want people to be better. It's like when you went on a school field trip, and everybody knew that you had to be back at the bus at 2.30 so you could go home. But mm-hmm. the bus couldn't leave till the last idiot got there. Mm-hmm. Right? At, yeah. at, at, don't be the last idiot. I, I feel like it's that Saturday Night Live routine that they used to do a million years ago when, you know, like, did you ever staple your tongue? Boy, that hurt. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't put your tongue on that well, I mean, cold uh, flagpole like Christmas story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't be exactly. stupid. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and so ticket yeah. summit, ticket summit. <laughs> All right. So we're done. We're done preaching the, the, the proselytizing is over. So, um, but outlook. All right. You're talking about yeah. ticket pricing, ticket pricing mm-hmm. is already moving down as people mm-hmm. are getting nervous about getting their money out of uh, uh, events that, that may be recalled or canceled. Yeah. I mean, are you seeing that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. One prediction I think I made the last time I was here talking to you was that you would see it would be like a sugar high with the pricing. Things would go nuts at the start. And then as things opened up, there was more events than there was possibly uh, people's ability to go to the events. You'd see start, uh, start, things start crashing down. That's what you're seeing. Um, Dave Chappelle played the anthem to reopen the anthem in D.C. Tickets for that for, were nuts. The Washington Nationals can't give away their tickets, right? The same, same, you know, same market. Um, you know, and you're seeing it in markets all over the place. The recovery is not in a straight line. It is up and down, right? Um, and one of the things that I'm going to try to convince people of during the pan or during the panel is that you have to put your strategy before your tactics. And price is a reflection of whether or not you've done a good job of strategy. Um, because if you just make assumptions, right? Like we talked about with this pandemic, if you just make assumptions that everything's going in a straight line, you're ro- you're wrong. I mean, right? Nothing's in a straight line, right? You you have to have a strategy. You have to set your price and do based on research, right? And you have to be willing to come off of your you know your plan because of the changes up uh, changes in the real market that you're dealing with, right? You, you People have a hypothesis. What does Mike Tyson said? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. 
that's what we're dealing with right now. We have to be much more agile. We have to be focused on what we're trying to achieve. And we have to recognize that like this recovery is different than just reopening because things have reopened, but this isn't recovery. Recovery is going to take a long time and it's going to be led by smart strategy. It's going to be led by better pricing decisions. It's going to be focused on better communications, better marketing, better advertising. Well, and I think consumer behavior is changing too. I think that that in the past, consumers that would have simply bought a ticket and gone without another thought because it's a lovely uh, summer night are now like, well, you know, except for the, you know, the the 17 to 25 crowd that still believes they're immortal. Right. So consumer behavior has definitely changed, right? And we knew that because consumer behavior is often always changing. So one of the things that people need to pay attention to is how the behavior is changing, right? Uh, Audience View did a really great survey um, that they released about two weeks ago. And it said that like now consumer... Um, that the consumers are about 50-50 on buying tickets. And so this August, so earlier in the spring, so maybe April or May, they did a similar survey. And it found like about 13% of people wanted to go to a show. I, I think that those numbers might be slightly off. But what it meant is that the consumer anticipation of buying a ticket to an event had increased about four times in you know, months. And it was tracking very closely to where was the vaccination rate high? You know, how was the economy reopening? comfort with being in crowds, right? A lot of these behavioral things, these psychological factors that maybe people were underestimating were having a real impact on people's behavior. A second challenge with this behavior though, is what have people found to do since the pandemic, right? So have they found other things that they like to do? Have they, you know, do they, they take up a hobby? Do they take up some kind of exercise or some other form of something that they wanted to do that has pulled them away from things that they might have historically done? So you have to be smart about it and find ways to invite people back because you can't just assume that people are going to slot back into the same patterns and habits that they had before the pandemic because 18 months is a long time to not do something and to just expect that people are going to come back or continue to do the things the way they did before is probably a fool's errand. Well, and I think we've we've introduced uncertainty. I, um, uh, you know, everybody thought, well, things are getting better, and and now they're not so sure. And for this industry, which is sort of geared up for, we're going to go back to the way it was, uh, the way you know normal is what normal was. Mm-hmm. I think the test is coming very fast because the the velocity of tickets usually uh, tracks upward rapidly in October, November, December as Christmas mm-hmm. gifts. Um, and and nobody's going to buy those tickets if they're again uncertain as to whether or not the shows are going to play off in the spring of 22. Yeah. Now, one thing that was very interesting to me. So we talked data, right? Because I've been looking for data to help me make guidance. Is you're talking about uncertainty, and one of my one of my friends is a company called Booking Protect, who's based out of the UK. They offer refund protection. And so before the pandemic, I don't remember the exact number, uh, but since tickets have gone on sale around the world, the uptake in refund protection has doubled. So it means that twice as many people are buying refund protection as they did before. So this points right to the idea about uncertainty and people are uncomfortable with having no sort of insurance or no recourse um, or you know, just want a little bit more certainty in their planning of, you know, am I going to go to a concert or am I going to a show or am I going to go to an event? If you extrapolate that, across the entire market for shows and events, 
that's a big population of people because you're going to have people who are feeling comfortable and they're excited enough to buy a ticket, but they still feel uncertain enough that if they want to use refund protection, that's one group of people. Then you're going to have a group of people who are, like you said, they're invincible, right? 17 to 25, they're invincible. They're not gear and they're going to buy stuff. And then you're going to have other people in different segments of the market who will never buy a ticket until everybody's vaccinated and there's no COVID-19 running around, right? There's That's a group of people. And you're going to have people who are just in varying degrees of certainty or uncertainty and their comfort and their, with the risk is going to make them take actions, either that are inconsistent with what you want them to do or consistent with what you want them to do. The big key for me, as we keep dealing with this thing, is you're going to have to be, as a marketer or strategist in the market, understanding people, understanding where they're comfortable, where they're not comfortable, you know, and what their real actions are. Not what they say they are, but what they really are, right? And I know you're like me. I've been to more stuff in the last six months since I got vaccinated than I had been that would go to in a whole year, it seems like. I've been everywhere. You know, and, and that's behavior, because if you asked me if I was going to do that, I would have said no. Um, you know, so we have to watch behavior. What people say is much different than what they do. Watch what they do, because it's much more powerful. And that's where the money is. I also think, though, that people are are making decisions that are rationalized and, and they're not necessarily logical. And, and I'm the first example of it. I'm, I'm flying to New York in a week because I want to go to that reopening concert in Central Park. But but I don't want to be in the mess. So I bought VIP tickets, which just means I'm five feet in front of the mess. You know, I'm kidding myself. Um, you know, and, and, and I've got tickets to go to um, Bottle Rock in uh, the first weekend of September and Life is Beautiful the third weekend of September. Bottle Rock, kind of an intimate little festival. You can stand on the sides if you're a little concerned about being in the, in the crush. Life is Beautiful is going to just be uh, jam-packed full of kids. So, you know, and, and I'm wondering if those are going to go or if I'm going to go, you know, that's the, for the first time ever, I would have never thought twice about it. Never. Right. Well, example I used even with, with my partner, Catherine, the other night was I go, we went to game seven of the 76ers and Hawks series. Right. And it was in the Wells Fargo center in Philadelphia. Uh, it was packed, sold out shoulder to shoulder, like the biggest event that I've been to since the pandemic started. If I had to do the same, and I took my son, who's 11, who isn't vaccinated, we, and we took him, right? Um, and didn't think twice about it because we thought things were starting to get under control. Every, you know, Philadelphia is a pretty well um, vaccinated area, um, whatever. If I had to do the same thing again, I might still go, but I wouldn't take him, right? And, you know, and that's a real consideration when you're dealing with people, right? I was telling you before we started recording about, uh, you know, debating whether or not I'm going to go to the See Here Now Festival, right? Because that'll be... Uh, it's, the headliners are Pearl Jam and the Smashing Pumpkins. I was like, going, for a 90s kid, this is amazing. I mean, speaking as a child of the 90s, this is awesome. But will I go or not? That's a question I, I have to consider because, again, breakthrough cases of the variant are a real concern, right? My son, not vaccinated, right? Uh, Catherine has a little bit of a, uh, a breathing problem from time to time, right? You know, these are all considerations and people are making these considerations as driving action. So you can't just assume that you are the market, right? This is that thing I talk about all the time, which you were talking about my alphabet soup of ideas, market orientation. If you assume that just because you'll do something, that the, that's the way the world will act, you're wrong. And it's often dangerous and it's a stupid way to run your business because you're going to make dumb decisions. 
Well, and there's other weird things that are happening. Uh, Green Day's Hello Megator, which is running with Fallout Boy and Weezer, just played a show without Fallout Boy because they had somebody that had a go a COVID uh, incidence. And and I'm very very curious what tour routing is going to look like. Uh, having read some of the Reddit forum uh, threads about these these touring companies that are you know we've got everybody that's in our support team has caught COVID or you know, the backup singer, you know, at what point do you say the band can't go on because, you know, the, the guy that loads the truck had an exposure and, and what does that mean for, I, I mean, the, it, you know, it's, it, it's Southwest, that particular plane that you're on uh, at 8am in the morning makes 14 stops during the day. If they ground that plane, you know, 11 stops don't fly. Yeah, no, it, it's real, uh, a real concern, right? Because if you have to, to route your tour around cities and locations where um, the vaccination rate isn't high enough, then you're talking about like skipping out on Miami. You're talking about skipping out on Tampa. You're talking about skipping out on Dallas, Houston, uh, Austin, potentially, right. You're talking about skipping out on like some really, really big markets. And so quickly it becomes a situation where is it viable? Right. And that again, behavior, right. Get the shot, get your shot in the arm. Right. Because if the shows can't go on, it's not like they're going to be able to route the tour. Like, oh, we can go to New York and we can go to D.C. and we can go to um, uh, Chicago, right? That's, that's a nice little triangle. You hit Seattle and Portland, but you're missing, you know, you're missing out on huge, really big parts of the of population. And for most artists, you know, these are expensive productions. You know, they, they just can't afford to it, right? The, the margins not, not are not necessarily as huge as you think they are in a lot of cases. Here's here's the new tour manifest. San Diego, Austin, Texas, Reykjavik. That's it. <laughs> You're done. It's a good, yeah, Reykjavik is a great place to go no matter what. Uh, a very good friend of mine lives there. Uh, you, you should go. It's, it's a great place to take a concert. <laughs> you, can, you can take a steam bath and get it all out. Oh, all man. Right. The, the land of the, uh, of the midnight sun, it's the best. So, well, and, and you know, it's, it's all uh, blonde, blue-eyed girls. So who wants that? It sounds I mean, like it's terrible. awful. Sounds cool. Sounds awful. Yeah. If, if only you know, I'm working on this theory and, and, and I might be wrong, but I, I mean, you're the guy that, that I, I'm going to, I'm going to try it out on. If you go to a live event and during that live event where you are vaccinated, if you drink whiskey, does it further protect you? The only answer is yes, but go ahead and say whatever you think. I would say it can't hurt because, <laughs> you know, uh, especially if you're like me and you, you only go for barrel proof stuff in most cases, you know, there you go. 100 and, you know, what, 160 proof or whatever, 150 proof, 125 proof. I mean, nothing's getting through that, right? It's like some of the bars I've been to on the in Manhattan, uh, I'm probably inoculated from everything. You know, my joke about this whole Delta variant is I spent a week or I spent a month in South Florida after I was fully vaccinated. I'm probably bulletproof at this point. So, uh, but I think that whiskey is definitely, if it's not completely um, killing off the, the COVID variants, it's got to be like protective of 90%, right? Um, between the whiskey and the vaccine, I think you're almost as close as 100% as you can get. Let's get a camera crew and test it. We'll do Dave and Eric smashed across America tour. <laughs> you know, I, that that would, not, that would probably be fun. <laughs> we would probably go nuts. We could stop in on all the people that we uh, haven't seen in a while. We'll just like come in and we'll like sit down. We'll do in-person video podcasting with a bottle of whiskey. And it'll be like local whiskey from wherever it is. And it would be great. And, and now I have to get some sign off on that because I don't know. Catherine might not go for that. She might be like, I don't know if I trust you to do that, but we're not, we're not asking anybody. We're just going. 
It's true. Okay, in that case, let's go. We're we'll going just road. leave from Vegas on, on on Tuesday night next week. We're going to roll up. We're going to rent a Chevy Impala. We're going to just fire it up and head east or west or south or north. and With the hydraulics on it. We, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and, and bass and, in the back. And an eight-track tape player. Oh, yes. I remember the first eight-track tape play that, I, that I had um, or listened to um, was Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. And I still remember what it looks like. I remember eight, having an eight-track player. Um, I quickly moved on to LPs um, and then cassettes. But I'm old enough that I do remember having eight tracks around. Can I tell you what? For all my my snobbishness, I bought um, Bad Out of Hell when I was living in Paris, France on a CD. And I played that thing perhaps more than any CD I've ever played in my life because I thought it was brilliant. And, and that's not a political statement and that's not reflective of my typical musical taste. But I thought that, that the, the reach of that album, the Jim Steinman operatic construct of the, of the songs and, and the way that that album was laid out, I, I just, I, I play it straight through again on our tour that we're going to go on. That's it's like the old Stephen Wright. It's like the old Stephen Wright joke, right? I drove all the way across the country. I, I only had one cassette tape to play. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I, I have a song like that in my head. It was when I was five or six years old. And so my aunt took me to Disney World. Uh, and I grew up in the middle of nowhere in northern Georgia near Athens. So my heroes as a child were uh, Vince Dooley, Herschel Walker, Jimmy Carter, and uh, Aria. And so the, the uh, Jack and Diane was the, su- was the song of the summer that year. And I ha- I can still repeat the lyrics to Jack and Diane if you woke me up in the middle of the night and just said, what's Jack and Diane? Who's a little ditty? <laughs> I, I, I would know the, the word. Now, was that right Johnny Cougar or John Mellencamp or John Cougar Mellencamp? Or who, who the heck who, knows who, now, right? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. All right. Well, well. So, so Dave Wakeman, you and me, we're going to sort of book in this uh, ticket summit. Yeah, Can it's going to be awesome. Get your get your tickets at ticketsummit.com. You know, let Eric and I know that you'll be there. Um, you know, because I'm probably going to get people together if you if you're in Vegas on Sunday morning. I will tell people where I'm going to go watch the Tottenham Hotspur match before the conference starts. That means I'm going to get you know rolling early. Um, but let me know. You know, we'll, we'll try to get together with people. I put Eric in the middle of this. Well, no, we're going. We're we're having dinner Saturday night, so that sounds like up all night. That's what that probably will. Eight thirty kickoff in Vegas means I probably just won't go to bed until after the match. So why? Why would you? Yeah, exactly. It breaks all the rules. There are no rules in Vegas, Eric. Come on. There are no rules in Vegas. Um, Dave Wakeman, what a pleasure! I'm going to see you in a week. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Let me plug something real quick before you go. Make yes, sure sir. you get my Talking Tickets newsletter. You can get it at talkingtickets.substack.com and check out my brand new DaveWakeman.com website. My designer did an excellent job. I almost look professional now. It's great. He almost is professional. Almost, almost. Almost, almost. All righty. Thanks so cool. much, Eric. See you soon, brother. Bye-bye. Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Eric Fuller by coming to Ticket Summit, ticketsummit.com. Let us know if you're going to be there. You can send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. Check out my new website, brand new, new and improved, davewakeman.com. It's awesome, okay? My designer is an incredible, incredible designer. I gave her an idea, and she executed it. It's amazing. Check out the Talking Tickets newsletter, talkingtickets.substack.com, right? Five, uh, five stories. Analysis, action items, all kinds of fun stuff in there. 
talkingtickets.substack.com. Get the newsletter so I can stop repeating this. Actually, I'll never will because that's one of the things, consistency, which means it comes out every Friday. Check out my friends at Booking Protect. Like I said at the intro, 73% of consumers took up book or refund protection through the Booking Protect platform in March. That is an incredibly insane number. Three out of four. Uh, that just points to people feeling the need for security and peace of mind when they're making purchases. It's a no-brainer, okay? BookingProtect.com. Talk to Kat, Kath, Haley, uh, any of the team, right? Simon's still around, but, you know, talk to those three first. Uh, you can talk to Simon, too. He like He's good. He'll talk to you as well. But check him out, BookingProtect.com. Get the worksheet that I've partnered up with Eventelect on Net Promoter Score. Uh, I'm a huge fan of... Of research, as anybody who listens here regularly knows, Net Promoter Score is a really great one metric way to test and find out where your business is. We put together this worksheet, it's about three pages long. It explains what Net Promoter Score is, it explains why it's relevant, it tells you how to do a survey for yourself, and it tells you what you can learn. Send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com, and I will send it to you. And then finally, check out my friends at Activity Stream. The Activate email marketing system is a great tool to help you re-engage with your audience. So activitystream.com. As always, thank you for listening, and I will see you hopefully in Vegas.